Yes, we are starting. Okay, welcome <laughs> to the first episode of Whoa Nessie. Whoa Nessie. Whoa. Um, I'm Amelia. And I'm Jade. And this is a podcast uh, where we explore different creatures and beasts and monsters. And cryptids. And cryptids, yes. So like um, mythological creatures, mythological creatures. Pop culture, movies. Pokemon. Anything we damn well feel like discussing. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what this is. Normally, at this point in the podcast, we would do a listener question, uh, but we don't have any of those because this is the first episode and that's not how that works. So <laughs> <laughs> so once we do have listeners, we're going to interject a listener question here. Uh, we want you to send any questions that you may have to our Gmail account, mm-hmm. pod P-O-D, at gmail.com, or you can tweet to us at Whoa, Nessie. Yes. So, any fun questions like, uh, what would win in a fight, 12 duck-sized horses, or one horse-sized duck, or stuff like that. (laughs) Yes. Or would you rather type things. Um, Mm -hmm. I think what we'll do, too, is we can ask a question to our listeners, and we'll read your answers in the next episode. Yes. That's always fun. Um, or if you have any topics, like creatures that you would like us to cover, if there's one that's your favorite, maybe we'll do that faster. I think what we'll do is we'll probably try a bunch of things and whatever we decide that we like best after we've seen all of the options, we will stick with that or change it up because we can. Yes, this is new. Talk to us. Yes, sounds good. Anyways. Uh, For our very first episode, we are not doing Nessie. No, that would be too predictable. We're doing drum roll. A phoenix. (laughs) We're doing a phoenix. Phoenixes. Let's get into the science of phoenixes. Jade. Well, first I want to read a little intro. Okay. Just a little bit of uh, a little bit about this bird, which is the most beautiful of fabulous creatures, symbolized hope and the continuity of life after death. Clad in feathers of red and gold, the color of the rising sun, it had a melodious voice that became mournful with approaching death. Other creatures were then so overcome by its beauty and sadness that they themselves fell dead. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I just really liked that sentence. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to talk about what this bird has been described as historically. Okay. And then from there, I'll tell you what I think the bird looks like because this is, again, after all, our podcast. And we're doing science. Yes, this is going to be... This is research. The most scientific podcast that you've ever listened to. Get ready. (laughs) All right, so... From Harry Potter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but we are going to be talking a lot about Harry Potter because obviously Fox is probably one of my favorite representations of the Phoenix. He's the Phoenix of our generation. He is. Mm-hmm. All right. So first things first, the Phoenix is a large swan-sized scarlet bird with red and gold plumage along with a golden beak and talons. It's got black eyes and a tail as long as a peacock's. Uh, its scarlet feathers glow faintly in darkness while its golden tail feathers are hot to the touch. That's one description. Um, And although Phoenix was generally believed to be colorful and vibrant, sources provide no clear consensus about its coloration. I'm going to go ahead and say that I probably think it is flame color related. Right? It has to be. Right. That seems obvious. Mm -hmm. Different Greek and Roman historians will argue that its color is more like uh, the peacock. So blues and turquoises and greens. Well, that's pretty, but that doesn't make any sense. Right. I think the main (laughs) point is that it was a very unique looking bird and it stood out from other birds. Um, Herodotus, which is a very famous Greek historian. He's my favorite Greek historian (laughs) for sure. Absolutely. 
he claimed that it's red and yellow um, is popular in many versions of the story that, that are on record. But he is also very skeptical of this bird. Oh, okay. His whole paragraph about the bird itself and everything is pr- pretty sarcastic. Um, but most people have decided that uh, they are mostly red, yellow, and golds and flame- flamey colors. Some people say that the phoenix had red legs and striking yellow eyes, which sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> but beady black eyes sounds kind of scary too. So yeah, I completely know. black eyes. I don't like that. But that's, that's how most birds' eyes are, aren't they? Oh yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Depends on the bird. The little birds, you can't really tell. I don't like looking birds in the eye because birds are small dinosaurs and they are kind of terrifying. Birds scare me. Yeah. They're like fish. Fish also scary. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like birds, but then also some birds I really don't like. Okay. Just in it's general. It's like a measured approach to Pretty, birds. Uh, Anyways, this specific bird. I do really like <laughs> phoenixes, though. They're fun. How, if I ever come in contact to one, I think I would like it. Okay. Yeah. They're usually portrayed as being pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. And when we say usually, we mean specifically Harry Potter. Okay. And other people, and I'm going to, because I can't pronounce these people's names, and when I do pronounce them, nobody's going to know who they are, but basically just a bunch of Greek people who wrote about these birds. Sure. Greek, Egyptian, Roman people. Old, old um, people. Yes. Uh, some people said that its eyes were like blue sapphires, and that its legs were covered in scales of yellow gold with rose-colored talons. So basically... Ooh. Um, this bird is very beautiful. It sounds gorgeous. I like the idea of blue eyes contrasting with its flamey, flamey feathers. That does sound nice. That sounds very lovely. What if its eyes were sapphires? Ooh. I want to draw a phoenix now. And that's where sapphires come from. Phoenix eyes. Phoenix eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like it. Okay. Um, then the big discussion is the size of the bird. So, um, the big Herodotus, discussion. Herodotus, the one I didn't believe. It's not, yeah, oh. <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> Or is it a little discussion? So these historians um, describe the phoenix, uh, these Greek historians, especially Herodotus, they've been described as similar in size to an eagle. But eagles are actually really big. So eagles are very big. They are very big. Yeah. Um, but other historians <laughs> claim that the phoenix was larger, um, some even declaring that it was even larger than an ostrich. Which, oh my. that sounds crazy. That does sound crazy. It also sounds like it would not be able to fly. That is very big. Well, ostriches can't fly. Yeah. But then you think about some of the dinosaurs that could fly that were probably just okay, as no, large. Okay, no, fair. Fair. Maybe that's what a phoenix is. Maybe it's a pterodactyl. Or archaeop... Or, or, is it archaeopteryx? Archaeopteryx. That, that sounds like the name of a thing. That's the one that they found that had feathers. So anyway, that's kind of what I would picture. <laughs> or is that what it's called? Now I have to look it up. Um, okay, but I'm not going to um, because I'm going to keep this going. We can look it up going. later. Yes, we'll the look it up later. The recording will remind us. <laughs> the recording will remind us. Absolutely. Um, so some of the basic abilities and traits. I guess I should have mentioned this in the beginning too, but I'm pretty sure most people know what a phoenix is, especially if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast. Unless you really are just listening to it to learn some things new. Exactly. Maybe we're somebody's first exposure to the phoenix concept. Yes. So backing up then a little bit, I guess. A lot of pop culture things are about to make so much more sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Yeah. So phoenixes are a bird that are reborn from their ashes. So they live a very, very long time, and then they die and burst into flames, and then are new again in, <laughs> in Amy's doing a beautiful <laughs> representation with her arms. of it's sort of a modern dance. Modern dance. Yeah. Very, it's uh, <laughs> very symbolic. I like it. Uh, it was very good. I'm sorry that you missed all that. <laughs> so uh, they, re- they are reborn into a young bird again. And again, that's why uh, they symbolize hope and continuity of life after death. Um, and then in, in some senses are immortal. 
Although if they're dying, then technically that's death, but they're reborn again, so I guess that's immortality. That's true. Maybe they're, like, extremely mortal, because they're just doing so much dying. <laughs> they, <laughs> they're right? extra mortal. We'll talk, well, we'll, well, we should discuss that a little bit okay. deeper. Uh, that'll be, or you can tell us what you think. Are they immortal, or are they extra mortal? That's a good listener I question. Think, yes. Tweet us, at Wonessie, mm-hmm. and tell us if our made-up word is accurate or not. What, super mega mortal? Ooh, mega. Mega mortal. Mega mortal. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, they rise from its own their own ashes. They right. are reborn. A couple of things that uh, I have found that they can do. Um, they can control the amount of heat that their body lets off and can create fiery blasts with its wings. What? Which makes me think a little bit of, and I can't remember the Pokemon's life to save my life right now. Um <laughs> I want to say, what is the There one? are the giant bird ones. Yeah, what's the, the fire one? There's the, there's Zapdos. Which oh, is, is it, the, wait, is it Ho-Oh? Mm-mm. Because there is a, Ho-Oh was in gold, silver, and crystal, and it was a phoenix-like Pokemon that was based off the Japanese concept of the phoenix, which is called the Ho-Oh. Well, interesting. There we go. But it's not that one? <laughs> I don't know. Because that's a thing. Or maybe I'm thinking of, what's the, the ice one? Oh, I don't know. I had one. Tweet that at us, too. I had one. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Um, it'll come to me later, and I'll scream it randomly. There you go. Okay. So. <laughs> I look I apologize in advance for that interruption. <laughs> um, so they can basically uh, control fire, which makes sense. You so know. they're firebender birds. Exactly. Firebending cool. birds. Um, they also have a shrilling call that will leave people deaf or nearly deaf for weeks or might kill them if they're sad terrible no that's their sad that's their song oh, okay that's okay that's their song their <laughs> scream will deafen you pardon me yes um so also their ashes have the ability to bring a dead man to life apparently oh okay but i don't know how you would do that if you would just like roll in it or if you'd eat them or you would i don't know smoke the ashes that doesn't that sounds counter and well if you're dead it's gotta be something productive. you can do with a dead body i think roll them around in it sounds maybe that sounds good. Blow it in their face. All right. <laughs> um, or there were thoughts that you could eat it to meat and you may become immortal. Uh, a, ro- a very extravagant Roman Empire named Elagabalus. Elagabalus? <laughs> no, I don't know if I'm using the right tone on the A there, but I like, I I like that name. I That's why I put it in. Or Elagabalus. Um, he wanted to eat it, eat the phoenix bird for immortality. Okay, I have questions about that. Because if the phoenix bursts into flame after it's dead and then is reborn from its ashes, if you eat dead phoenix, are you going to burst into flames and is a tiny phoenix going to burst alien-like out of your stomach? Or do you kill the bird and it it dies? I mean, that's the best case scenario because that could be horrifying. I think the, the main thought is that it automatically, that if you kill it, and this was actually debated because I was reading about it with a Harry Potter story. Okay. Because Fox, he does swallow, I guess, is what they described it as, that he swallowed a curse. Yes. But then he came back, right? Well, they don't know what happened to Fox. Oh. Okay. But anyway, this very extravagant Roman Empire wanted to eat it for immortality. That um, is so rude. Could not find a phoenix. I wonder why. Um, and he ate a bird of paradise instead. 
But it didn't Did work. Did he become immortal? No, he was actually, no. he was murdered. Then he was murdered. So, <laughs> no. No, it did not work. Okay, so Bird of Paradise is another bird that gives you mega mortality. <laughs> yes. It, it causes murder. Minsta murder. But he... The murder bird. Yes. But I don't know which Bird of Paradise. There are lots and lots of species of Bird of Paradise. Oh. Okay, I didn't bird, know that. Bird of Paradise seas. Are those the ones with the things on their heads and the long tails? Different species have different things, but they're usually okay, very colorful. Sense. They have very, they have really unique head fans, feather. Okay, head, yeah. It's been a long time since I've been in school, so <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily know all the terms for these things, but all of them, they're the ones that do really extravagant dances for their partners in order oh, to attract okay. a mate, and so them, they have really beautiful songs, or they collect something of a certain color, and they present it. Like, they collect cool things, and they do these really cool dances and vibrations, and then the female just gets to, like pick this is so interesting we should do a bird of paradise episode also i can definitely understand how they would if they were looking for a phoenix and they found one of those be like okay cool looking bird does a lot of crazy (laughs) stuff probably phoenixy right except most bird of paradise are teeny they're like okay maybe that they thought it was a baby phoenix yeah maybe maybe (laughs) that's true Mm -hmm. very possible or he was he was just an idiot and decided to do it. I mean, this was I mean also <laughs> this was like two hundred five BC to like twenty five AD. Oh we yeah, we didn't here. know nothing back then or something. That's the, actually that's the uh, seems like a long time. <laughs> yeah, that like, is a long time. That's like two hundred forty years, two hundred twenty years. It's a very long time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really. Who knows? Who knows how true the story is? Um, Okay. Uh, Another ability or trait is that they can carry immensely heavy loads and that their tears have healing powers. That's actually actually a quote. um, Albus Dumbledore. Oh, thanks, Dumbledore. Um, Apparently, they are the only. They contain the only known antivenom to uh, to Basculus venom. Okay, that's helpful. Which. uh, I'm sorry if you haven't read or seen Harry Potter yet, but spoiler alert. The phoenix fox from Harry Potter does cry tears that heals. So, I think it kind of goes along with the song thing, too. That's true. The mournful song. And they're all about, like, rebirth and stuff, so it makes sense that they would have some healing abilities. That's where there's a little bit of contradictory things here, because this very first paragraph that I read talks about um, overcome by beauty and sadness that they fall dead. Then other sources are telling me that this bird has superb healing powers and can bring dead men alive. And Well, maybe um, once it accidentally kills people by being so damn depressing, it goes around and heals them all and brings them back to life and is like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> I bummed you out to death. <laughs> yes. God, what, how awful would that be? Okay. Um, another source said that the Phoenix Song will increase the courage of good and strike fear into the hearts of evil. Oh, that's nice. Um, they are capable of lifting a great weight with their tails, such as being able to effortlessly fly up a distance with four people holding on to its tail. <laughs> that was a very specific reference. Very so specific. So these are four people as in four children, four 12-year-olds. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so like two large, normal-sized, full-grown adults. They can also leave messages by bursting into flame and reappearing elsewhere, leaving behind a single golden tail feather. Oh, that's helpful. Those are all the Harry Potter references. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Um, so Harry Potter has a much more positive spin on their abilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, habitat. Um, and this is maybe why he couldn't find one, the Elagabalus. <laughs> 
um, is because of the habitat, while they don't really know where this bird lives, they do know that the bird likes to spend a lot of its time in the sky, most comfortable oh, in the okay. sky. It may occasionally land to take a break or to view the area at ground level, but seems happiest when its great wings are spread. So it's like one of those stealth planes that can be up in the air for like a year. Yes. Although the one in Harry Potter did live in Albus Dumbledore's office for a very long time. On a little perch. Mm-hmm. But he also did some things with like helping him get out of Azkaban and stuff, didn't he? So that was an unusually interactive phoenix. He's very cool. <laughs> very, very cool phoenix. But indeed, they also are described as being very loyal to oh. a person. And oh, nice. if something happens to that person, then they disappear, and usually nobody knows what happens to them. They just they'd rather spend the rest of their lives alone. And by lives, I mean the multiple lives. And <laughs> I don't know that particular life, maybe. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. I just to talk a little about mating, since we are being extremely scientific here. Uh huh. I'm gonna go ahead and say they're asexual. Yeah, it. They're like, what's that thing where the bacteria divide in half and then become two of them? Because they're like that, but the old one dies. They're like that if it divides, but also you only get one of them. Isn't that what, like, sea, cu- sea cucumbers and stuff do? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't know. Asa- You're the biology person. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you are more so than I am. Um, yeah, maybe. If there must be one. I think that's basically just asexualism. Okay, that works. Because I what mean, they're people doing, people can be asexual, but that's different. Asexual reproduction. <laughs> well, there are different kinds. I think where where the male or female will carry both the male and female parts. Don't seahorses do that? No, seahorses are male and female, and the male carries oh. the babies to term. Never mind. Or the youngling, whatever you want to call the them. younglings. The younglings <laughs> to term. Um, so many references. <laughs> but the there's asexualism. I think where there's one animal, like one entity, that carries a, it, like fertilizes itself or something. Huh. But I, it's so there's so many different things. There's so much diversity between the different kinds of animals and species that do these things that I so really am not. What sure. is it called? What is the class of animals that bursts into flames and then arises from the ashes anew? Uh, that's what is called, that common thing called? Uh, Phoenix Amelia. <laughs> okay, I like it. Or or ornithomboyancy. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's it's, a branch, it's a branch of ornithology, which is birds, the study of birds. Okay. Uh, but specifically, but, but <laughs> specifically the ones that catch flame. There we go. And are Im- immortal or mega mortal, depending on <laughs> what we what we have yet to decide. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So asexualism. I think then I think, and we'll probably find it later. Um, I think asexualism also can refer to the ones that do split and, like I guess mitosis. Because like a me. Are you yeah, about, like, mitosis? mitosis. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because like amoebas do that, where they just like become two of themselves. I don't know because then you have the, like the fish and the stuff, the fish that do like this, this fish and amphibians, and some of them I think will do like the self re- like fertilizing, and there is some genetic diversity there. And then you have the ones that are like on a completely different kingdom, which is like bacteria and uh-huh. all that. That was what you're talking about, and yes. they're completely different life forms, so it's different, I guess. Indeed, yeah, that's true. Phoenixes definitely wouldn't have a lot of genetic diversity if there's like one of them. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gets into my next <laughs> that section. That could be a problem. Is lifespan. Okay. So that's another thing is that some sources say that there's only one of them. Mm-hmm. In the entire in world. In the entire world at a time. There's only one. 
But it just keeps on being reborn. So it's possible that there's only one. It's possible that there are more than one. Um, but because there's never really any evidence and the one just keeps getting reborn, there's no fertilization anywhere and we're really just... So it's just the one... Continuous chain. ...animal forever. Yeah. So according to the legend, so that's according to... That is our fact. That's our science, week. yes. Uh, <laughs> only one could live at a time. So um, some sources say that they were said to live nine times the lifespan of a raven, which is 135 years. Wait, what? Really? No, one raven, 35, uh, 15 years. Oh, oh. Okay. Nine times <laughs> a raven lifespan is about 135 years. Okay. Um, or some sources say that they could live up to 97,200 years. But see... Okay, that's a wide range. Right, but I don't know if they're talking about one specific life. Or if they just keep living and re being reborn in for 135 years, and then then they're not reborn after that 135 years. Well, that would suck because if if there was only one of them, then there would just only have been one for. A, I don't like that. <laughs> what I'm thinking is that its entire lifespan, including all of its reincarnation, I guess not some really not really incarnating, but the rebirthing. Rebirths. Yes, would be an entire 97,000 or 135 years, depending on which source you want to believe. That is such a wide range. Yes. This okay. is a sciencey podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> or pseudoscience. There's um, a wide margin of error. <laughs> Let's we're pseudoscientists. Yes. We're which I agree. really good pseudoscientists. I love that term, by the way. <laughs> but if you're talking about the Harry Potter phoenixes, you're talking about it sounds um, like there's multiple of those. Yeah. Because he had a phoenix. He had a phoenix, and even though Dumbledore lived to be about he was like a few hundred years old, 800, 900 years old or something like that, I think. I'm sorry for all the Harry Potter fans out there <laughs> that I'm rooting this for. I have read them all. Uh-huh. Um, he was real old. Yeah, I think he was a few hundred years old. Sure. Close like 700, 800 or something like that. 700 or 800. I don't know. He was a Yoda fella. Yes, he was quite old. Um, and so he made it sound like he had seen several what he called burning days of his phoenix fox. Oh, yes. Okay. So it made it sound like this being lived to be 135 years with multiple rebirths within those 135 years or 97,200 years of life. Sure. Okay. Um, and... When the bird died, um, death approaching, so I'm assuming death before rebirth, um, it built itself a pyre of cinnamon and died in the flames, but from the ashes arose a new phoenix tenderly and encased its parents' remains in an egg of myrrh. So, I guess Man, all the I ashes. Yeah, smelled great. I bet it did. Cinnamon and myrrh? Like cinnamon and roasted myrrh. bird smell and myrrh? <laughs> that sounds delicious. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that it tastes, I mean, that it, <laughs> oh, I said just said taste. Uh, smells like a, like a roast chicken i would assume like chicken. turkey no nah, tr- you know chicken and turkey smell different i don't so maybe know. it has a very specific phoenix smell that complements cinnamon <laughs> perhaps um but anyway it, it would uh from the ashes rise and encase its parents remains in an egg of myrrh and then fly with them to the egyptian city of heliopolis where it would it laid them on the altar of the sun yeah well that's nice so we should go there someday yeah and look for all the eggs yeah <laughs> All the past Phoenix ashes. Phoenix, Phoenix life. Uh, They've got to be there somewhere. Eggs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then one of my favorite descriptions is from the Harry Potter Burning Day. I'm not going to read this verbatim, but it's kind of a good description. Um, so, Go for it. Um, this is Harry. Let me set the scene. He's in Dumbledore's <laughs> office. Do a voice. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm okay. not <laughs> attempting a British accent because I will really offend somebody. Um, standing on a golden perch behind the door was a decrepit looking bird that resembled a half plucked turkey. Aww. So we're talking about turkey sized bird here. 
Harry thought that the bird looked very ill. Its eyes were dull, and as he watched, a couple more feathers fell out of its tail. Um, he uh, was just thinking about this pet bird dying, and that's all he needed while he was standing in Dumbledore's office when the bird burst into flames. <laughs> How terrifying would that be if you did not expect that? And we're like nine. What a Poor noob. Kid. Harry's such a noob. Um, he yelled in shock and backed away into the desk. Harry looked feverishly around in case there was a glass of water somewhere, but he couldn't see one, and the bird, meanwhile, had become a fireball. It gave off a loud shriek, and in the next second, there was nothing but a smoldering pile of ash on the floor. Poor bird. And that's when Dumbledore walks in. <laughs> it's so awkward. Uh, Your bird just exploded. <laughs> so Harry's freaking out, uh, concerned that this bird, he's like, couldn't do anything. He just caught fire. Uh, and then Dumbledore was like, ugh, it's about time, too. <laughs> He'd been looking dreadful for days. I've been telling him to get a move on. Um, and then he explains that Fox is a phoenix, and they burst into flame when it is time for them to die and are reborn from the ashes. Um, and then as Harry looked down, he saw a tiny, wrinkled, newborn bird poke its head out of the ashes. Aww. It was quite as ugly as the old one. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dumbledore explains how it was a shame he had to see him on a burning day, because he describes that he really is handsome most of the time, wonderful red and gold plumage. Um, they carry immensely heavy loads, and their tears have healing powers, and they make for highly faithful pets. Um, and that's that little description there. But I know that later on in the story, too, he does talk a lot about, um, I think he uses fox as a metaphor, as Dumbledore often does, his talks in metaphors, so... That sounds right. Sounds right. Yay. So the next thing that I want to talk about is diet. Um, and so, of course, no one can say for sure what the phoenix actually eats. <laughs> Why not, <laughs> What <Jade>? it sustains <laughs> itself on. Although, as with every... How about flaming Hot Cheetos? That's what, oh, that that's, what they, that's what they live <laughs> off of. Well, they, we, you know, and then it mentions here that every other aspect of its existence, there are many speculations. My sure. vote is for flaming Hot Cheetos because that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jalapeno ones are good too. But anyway, um, <laughs> some say that it feeds on smaller birds and even larger ones like the griff or the griffin. So other mythical, mythological beasts. I mean, if it's a giant bird of prey that's like ostrich size, then yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, or, you know, a little bit of both, maybe picks and chooses. Mm-hmm. Some go even so far as to say that the phoenix eats dragons what? because they have found dragon corpses stripped of all flesh. So <laughs> have they now? They have. <laughs> Okay. They have. Uh, <laughs> factual. Um, others say that it eats fire, noting that the fact that the bird itself is composed of flames, then it sustains itself on flames, which doesn't make sense because I would think that oxygen would be the answer. you got to have some input. <laughs> yeah, or maybe like, you know, uh, kindling and wood. Yeah, maybe it eats those little fire starter things that you can get at like REI. <laughs> little flint. Or little charcoal f- briquettes. There you go. Uh, coal. Um, but still others say that it feeds on the kind and pure thoughts of the people Aww. of a city that I am not about to pronounce um, <laughs> as it brings joy into their lives. So with other aspects of the Phoenix, Phoenix's existence, um, none of these theories can be proved nor disproved. Cool. So are we considering the Phoenix a cryptid or are we considering the Phoenix a mythological beast? I feel like mythological beast probably works better because it's the sub- subject of like legends and stuff. It is. And cryptids I think of as being more... I think of there being more people currently that think they're actually a thing with cryptids. I don't know about many people who are out there, like, hunting phoenixes nowadays. We should start our own show. We could probably get a show that was phoenix hunters. You think? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how this podcast does first. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I know that I talked a lot about Harry Potter, so I'm sorry. But Fox (laughs) is my absolute 
favorite depiction of a phoenix and I think kind of encompasses all of the different little aspects of yeah. what a phoenix is just from all the different descriptions. And um, he's got some bonus stuff too so that's fun. And a hit, like some story, some character so I do enjoy it but you can touch on that character a little bit more if you'd like but I want you to tell me or else the phoenix has been noted in any kind okay. of pop culture. Yeah um okay so I've got some legends things so this is like where the phoenix appears in legends it's kind of hard to tell where it first came from because all of the different legends seem to have been like influenced by each other but it seems like the first one might be in arabia forever ago because theirs was actually called the phoenix it was a huge red and gold eagle Mm. and every morning it got up and sang a song so beautiful that even the sun god would stop to listen but nobody died Nobody died, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it specifically, it lives on morning dew and kills nothing. Oh, okay. So that's see, another. And I didn't see that uh, in my <laughs> biological research. So that original phoenix is like very gentle and nice. And then it also does the whole bursting into flames situation. Um, but then probably inspired by that was the Egyptian Binu. Mm-hmm. I um, did see that. Okay, yeah. That's a similar mythical bird that looks about the same. It was considered to be the manifestation of the resurrected god Osiris. Mm-hmm. And um, the story that you told about how it like takes its parents' ashes and puts it at the temple of the sun in Egypt, that was, I would guess, added by people in Egypt because that seems... Seems odd that anybody else would be like, oh yeah, they go to this temple in Egypt. <laughs> Isn't the sun god of Ra? Maybe. That sounds right. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, so that's Egypt. And then from Egypt, the story traveled to Greece, mm-hmm. where the phoenix was associated with immortality and resurrection. Um, and that's a possible origin of the current name Phoenix. It might have been named Phoenix after the region of Phoenicia which was famous for producing this, like, kind of reddish-purple dye that they made out of conch shells. And that color was, like, super, super expensive, and only royalty was allowed to wear it. And so the phoenix, which had purpley-reddish feathers at this point in mythology, was considered to be the royal bird. Sounds really nice. Yes, it does. I want to get me some gorgeous Phoenician dye. Yeah, well, are you royalty? (laughs) (laughs) I could be. (laughs) That's true. Who knows? (laughs) probably not (laughs) you never know okay so that was greece uh it was also used in rome it was actually used as a christian allegory uh resurrection in life after death and they added the detail that it arises from the ashes three days after it burns so Hmm. they use that it also appeared on the coinage like coinage of the city of i guess the country of rome but it represented the city of rome because the city of rome was known as the undying city right which if you ask me, is a classic example of hubris. Yes. <laughs> Although, hey, Rome's still around. A little, but it, uh, a little ironic. Though. Oh my gosh, it did burn. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> there was <laughs> the fall of Rome that. at some point in history. I wonder if that was before or after they used the phoenix on their coins. Because if it was after, that's just good PR. <laughs> right? If it's before, that's some serious foreshadowing. Absolutely. And I don't know. I'm not a history buff. That's not my forte, for sure. Yeah, me neither, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, anyways, okay, so different versions of a, like, big ol' fire-ish bird that have something to do with rebirth, um, that might, may or may not have been inspired by the same story are, um, in Hindu mythology, there's the Garuda, um, which is a large golden bird that Lord Vishnu rode around on. Um, there's this- <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't know, that one didn't 
actually seem very phoenixy to me because it was basically just a big old bird and it was gold and he rode around on it. Okay, but so it didn't with, really do the I mean, thing I'm picturing that like a saddle and oh, yeah. like like you know in, in Avatar the Last Adventure <laughs> where they ride those uh, I forget what they call them but they're like ostrich horses or whatever they oh, are. Yeah, it was a full on ostrich horse like situation. they're bouncing around on this saddle <laughs> bird. I mean it could fly. It was very majestic looking in the picture. So. I'm doing a majestic Sounds, bird I motion right yeah. now. And it's really giving me a good picture of what this majestic yeah. and it was flying. all gold and stuff like it was it was nice super majestic <laughs> so that was the Garuda um, and Slavic tradition there's the Firebird which I mean obviously that seems very phoenixy uh, it was a magical glowing bird from a faraway land that appeared to people both as a blessing and a portent and also it might have been psychic what is a, what is a portent like a, a like a bad sign, like a foreshadowing bad things to come. Okay. I guess I could have used context clues there, <laughs> but I don't think I've ever heard that word. Really? Okay. Well, a portent is a doomy thing. Um, a do a doomy. Doomy. Yes. Or not a do me. A <laughs> doomy thing. Doom ish. <laughs> I'm sorry. I turned it into that. And I'm sorry. Anytime I laugh out loud and I'm screaming in whomever's ears. Anyways, okay, so the fir- firebird can't make up its mind if it's good or bad, and also it may or may not be able to see the future. Okay. It's really ambivalent, just either way. Um, in Persia, uh, there's the Sim- Simurg. Simurg? I don't really know how to pronounce that, but it's uh, in an Iranian legend. It's a benevolent bird, um, always depicted as female. Um, she's super huge. She's copper-colored. She's like five different animals squished together, but mostly bird-like. And she's so old that she's seen the destruction of the world three times over and possesses the knowledge of all the ages. Mm -hmm. Super smart bird um, and really, really nice. And in one legend, the Simurg lived 1,700 years before plunging herself into flames. Okay, so somewhere in there between the 135 years and the 97,000 years. But it sounds like this one may may not have actually, like, come back, so. Not have been rebirthed. Very old, though. So maybe a distant relative of the phoenix. Sure. (laughs) That also had, like, a deer face or whatever it was. Cool. Had a lot of different animal things in it. I like it. Um, China has the Feng Huang, which was the legendary ruler of birds that was associated with their empress um she was the only one that was allowed to wear it as a like symbol and it was a symbol of virtue and grace say that bird's name again feng huang I, I very <laughs> very clear pronunciation is very good <laughs> I think very that's how it's spread out. i'm very impressed thank you it's right as i'm as far as i'm concerned <laughs> okay <laughs> and then they also in china they have the zhu kui maybe and it's <laughs> <laughs> that one uh, <laughs> i don't know but it's also known as the vermilion bird, and it's one of the four symbols of the Chinese constellations, and it's a red pheasant that's on fire 24-7, so I, I mean, that's pretty So fancy. a little bird, like a little... Yeah, it's like a normal bird-sized bird. A little pheasant. But it's on fire, so, you know. Right, <laughs> so close. So it is very phoenix Yes, it represents um, the fire element and summer, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I should have done this one after the... Feng Huang, but that that was uh, the Japanese Ho'o is basically the same thing as the Chinese Feng Huang, mm-hmm. um, but it only appears at the birth of a virtuous ruler when it descends from the heavens to do good deeds for people in celebration. Which that sounds, sounds really nice, nice right? Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those. I like that. And what is it called again? Uh, the Ho'o. The Ho'o. 
And so what it came, has some sort of like phonetic mark on the O's that I don't actually recognize. It's like a just a horizontal line. I think horizontal means it says it's that O name, but that's also for like phonetic pronunciation. Like O. <laughs> oh, okay. So like ho-o, ho-o, probably. Maybe. I, I don't know. But I would guess that it's pronounced Ho O because of the Pokemon that's called Ho O. But yes. that one's just spelled H O O H. Ho-oh. Yeah. yeah. I get all of my Japanese mythology from Pokemon, so. Yes, makes sense. <laughs> uh, so what came first, the the Ho-oh or the Feng, Feng Huang? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very Who copied <laughs> whom? Somebody. Oh, yeah, the in the Japanese Empress, that's also the symbol of her. So just any Empress gets a giant phoenix bird, which is pretty cool. That is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's also the Pascunji from Georgia, the Anka from, oh, okay, wait, so the Anka is from Arabia, so that's what they used to call it, so I was saying that Arabia was maybe the origin of it, so they called it the Anka. Mm-hmm. And then in Turkey, there's the, oh gosh, there's the Zumrudu Anka, and in Tibet, there's the Maybiai Karmo. And these are all flame all, birds. Yeah, very similar flamey bird, shiny things. So if this many different countries, and I mean, I guess it is all kind of in the same area, but if they all had their flame bird. They were all pretty convinced that this was a thing mm-hmm. at some point. And if they have found dragon carcasses... Sure. <laughs> then clearly there's something out there. There's something out there. There's something out there. So maybe in their it's times. It's a bird that catches it was, on fire. It was a cryptid in their times, maybe. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, maybe they just are extinct now because they lived out there however long amount of years and then stopped regenerating. And so there just used to be phoenixes, perhaps. That's what I think I would like to go with. But okay, yes. we'll talk more about that. The very real ancient creature, <laughs> the phoenix. Yes. <laughs> So do you want to talk about how plausible this is as an actual real thing? Are we going to talk about that at the end when we actually talk about believing? Or are we going to talk about about that? Because you've got all your pop culture references you're going to tell me. That's what I'm really looking forward to. That's true. Okay. Yeah, I was going to do that as a section, but there's honestly not a lot to say about the plausibility of a bird that catches on fire and then comes back to life. So... (laughs) Unless we are talking about ancient history and we are talking about the fact that this creature was potentially a cryptid at some point mm-hmm. in time where all of these people believed in some form of it or one way or the other. It could be, maybe it could be just a bird that had really, really fiery looking feathers. And they created some badass stories out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It got exaggerated maybe. It was a really, really big eagle-ish bird, really bright feathered. It was like a peacock of the skies. Right. Yeah. So do we say yes or do we say no? Oh, we're not doing that yet. We're doing, well... No, we're going to end on that. Okay, we'll talk about that <laughs> at we're the end. end on that. <laughs> but you know what? And it's funny because it made me think of this, that peacocks actually do have a really annoying sound. They they? <laughs> squ- they squawk, and it's this, and they make a very, it's a very loud, high-pitched, screeching hmm. noise. It's not a chirp. So maybe there is something to that being What if they're just related. red peacocks? What if there used to be red peacocks? Maybe. That would work. And then they, like, do their, like, tail show, and it kind of looks like they burst into flames, because there's, That's like, it. suddenly bright red... That's it. That's we amazing. <laughs> That's the whole point of this podcast. Again, there you go. scientists. Yeah, solving right. things with science. We're not surprised. <laughs> this is exactly how this was supposed to go. <laughs> okay. But, okay, before before all that, let's go ahead and do uh, the Beast of the Week as it appears in popular culture. Um, 
So the phoenix actually is like all the heck over the place because it's been around for so long and in so many different cultures, and it's such a good metaphor, like for so many things and immortality and cleansing fire. It's all it's all great. So people use it all the time. Um, Dante's Inferno mentions it. Mm-hmm, that makes which, sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> which was in like the 14th century. That was forever ago, and it was actually used. Uh, Shakespeare compared young Queen Elizabeth I to a phoenix in Henry VIII, which I was not aware of. Interesting. That's pretty flattering. Not read that one. Oh, I think we had to in school at some point. (laughs) I don't remember a phoenix thing. Okay, yes. Okay, so it was in Shakespeare's (laughs) Henry VIII in reference to Henry VIII's young daughter, who would later become Queen Elizabeth I. Wonderful. Yes. I want to be compared to a phoenix by Shakespeare. That would be My goodness. Quite a compliment. Okay, and then in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe books, mm-hmm. um, C.S. Lewis used a phoenix in The Magician's Nephew, and it was guarding the entrance to Eden, I think, and then it also showed up in The Last Battle. I got really tired of those books around the middle of the second one. I have begun reading, so I began reading the first one, and then I saw <laughs> the movie, and... So yeah, we're not the best in. people to ask about this. No. <laughs> but ask us about Harry Potter phoenixes, and, and we're set. We're all about that. <laughs> okay, so that one, um, Ray Bradbury used the phoenix as a symbol of the rise and fall of society in Fahrenheit 451. That's a very fire book. Um, and then The Search for a Phoenix is an important side plot in a Terry Pratchett book, um, Carpe Jugulum, which I haven't read those, but I've heard they're very good. And he died recently, and everybody was very sad, and I got the first in his Discworld series and never started it. Oh, okay. Cool story. J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series features a phoenix named Fox. Spelled F-A-W-K-E-S. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not to be confused with F-O-X. But we've already talked about Fox. Yes, we have. He's wonderful. <laughs> Yes. I love him. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, La Fenice, which means the phoenix in Italian. That's the name La of La Fenice. Yes. There you go. La Fenice. <laughs> it's uh, maybe Fenici? La Fenici. La Fenici. I don't remember my pronunciation. Um, that's the name of a famous opera house that's in Venice um, because it burned down in 1836 uh-huh. and then they rebuilt it. And then it burned down in 1996 and then they rebuilt it. Okay, so that building is cursed. <laughs> yeah, so probably don't go to a play there, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> there is a ghost living there, an arson ghost. An arson ghost, Who likes yes. timing and play on play, playing on words. Or maybe there's just a dang phoenix living in the basement and it keeps on doing its fire thing and then burns down the whole thing. That's true. Might make sense <laughs> that it would uh, do it at a specific... Yeah. How many years later? It was like an even... 1836 and then 1996. So... It is an even number. 100 and something years. Even. Sure. Don't make me do mental math. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get out a calculator because now I have to know. Mental math is 18. You said 1836. 1996 minus 1836. So 200. 160 years. 160 years. That's so what you were going to say. I was in between there somewhere. Sure. Well done. All you, so, ma- all you math people out there. So 1996 plus 160 so in 2156, do not go to an opera in Venice, because right. that sucker's going to burn. All right. Good to know. <laughs> You're welcome, again, for that Public service announcement. <laughs> um, okay, and then I started looking at Phoenix references in music, and I gave up because it's freaking everywhere. So if you want, like, a band name or a band logo, or you want to write a song about something and have it sound cool and symbolic, just use a Phoenix. 
Or don't if you want to be unique. Yeah, true. Put a bird on it, but like make the bird on fire. Isn't that, that's a Portlandia thing, right? Watch Portlandia. <laughs> I, I know either. I, need I just to. know that's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> I did a reference. Put a bird on it. That Put sounds, a bird on it. Sounds like a saying. Sounds like something that we could start. I think somebody already started it, though, is the thing, and I oh. think it was Fred Armisen in Portlandia. Well, never mind then. <laughs> never mind. Okay, uh, so X Men, Jean Grey died, quote, and then came back as Phoenix. Mm hmm. And you said you like her. I don't know anything about the X-Men, so you can talk about Jean Grey if you want. I, uh, I actually don't read any of the comics. I know strictly everything I know from the movies, but I do really enjoy them uh, out of all the, like, the superhero-type comic booky movies. Anyway, I do really like Jean Grey. I think that storyline with her and, and Logan and um, Cyclops is very... Got a little romance in there. Classic. We got a little bit of <laughs> got a little bit of action. So Everything you need. I like Storm. She is pretty awesome. I do enjoy weather as well. <laughs> I do. I like following the weather. Back to uh, the Phoenix. The television program Supernatural. Uh, which I do you watch Supernatural? I don't, but I feel like I should because everybody talks about it. It's so gone much. on for like fifteen freaking years. And is it good? I don't know. Wait, it's is fine. Supernatural the one with the two brothers? Yeah. Oh, we've definitely started watching yeah, it. Yeah, it's Dean from Gilmore Girls. It's fine. We enjoyed it when we watched it. We kind of petered out for a while. I cannot believe it had enough steam to keep going. Jordan and I have watched the first couple episodes, and it is it was quite good. It was very corny, but yeah. I think that was part of its charm. It's fun. I just felt like it was running out of steam around, like, what, season, like, six or so when we stopped watching it? That's and it's about when on, seasons... like, the 13th season That's or something. Crazy. I don't know how... They must have brought in some new characters or something. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, in Supernatural... <laughs> Did they meet a phoenix? Yeah, they had to travel back in time to recover a phoenix's ashes to kill the season six antagonist. Whoa, because of course spoilies. they did. And then they so time travel. Love it. I love time yeah, travel. Yeah, of course anything. there was time travel because they have to throw everything in there. Uh, the phoenix in that show also appeared human and could set people on fire by touching them. Oh, I don't like that because of course it could. appeared human. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only acceptable human animal fusion would be a centaur. So oh, okay. What about Mister Tumnus? Not a fan. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't like his little <laughs> goat legs. We can talk about that at some point. Um, okay, Conan the Adventurer. Yes. Had a little sidekick who was a phoenix and his name was Needle. Oh. But he had to impersonate a parrot in public so that nobody would know he was a phoenix. Okay, what show is this? Conan the... Conan the Adventurer. Is that a cartoon? Is that a it kid's show? It was a cartoon, show? yeah. Okay, so is that... It's not like I never Conan watched the Barbarian. it, but I just found it very amusing. That is really cute. I assume it's related to Conan the Barbarian. It was like probably a... Conan the Bar- Barbarian for children. Yeah. Because that's what kids need. Yes. The barbarian role model. <laughs> um, okay, in the Star Trek universe, the first man-made spacecraft to travel faster than light was called Phoenix, um, because at that time in the Star Trek universe, uh, the Earth was still recovering from the ravages of World War Three. so FTL travel was a rebirth and a bright future for humanity. Wow. Phoenix. What year was <laughs> World War Three in this... In Star Trek? I don't know. I have not watched a lot of Star Trek, gotcha. unfortunately. Mm. So, sorry, nerds. Yeah, you nerds. <laughs> I'm one of you, but not that particular kind. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. In Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, I do know about that. Fire Lord Ozai calls himself the Phoenix King because his evil plan involves burning most of the Earth Kingdom to the ground, and he wants a new Fire Nation to rise from the ashes. Yes. Phoenix-like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's like the bad kind of Phoenix. Yeah, that's not great. That's Phoenix appropriation. There's a lot of hate for Fire Lord Ozai. 
He's he not just awesome. he just wouldn't back <laughs> down from his. Ugh, don't even get me started. He <laughs> was get just me started on Fire was, Lord. Just, there was no like why like why take over why I don't know man why I don't know I don't know either. <laughs> Is that it? Oh no! <laughs> you have that look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, in the Stargate universe, um, the Phoenix is the name of a Daedalus class battle cruiser, um, which belonged to the Tari, which they later renamed the General Hammond. I didn't understand. Half of those words are names or terms. Stargate Jade. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stargate. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you've missed out. Stay tuned for my inevitable Stargate fancast. Okay. Or continual ranting throughout these podcasts at me for not watching Stargate. <laughs> or that. <laughs> we can talk about the vampire space vampires with hand vaginas that are in Stargate Atlantis. That would be fun. Well, I need to watch it now. <laughs> You've really missed hand out. Hand vaginas. I only have a couple more. Okay. In, <laughs> in My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. My Little Pony. Princess Celestia has a pet phoenix. That's cool. Apparently. Is Princess P- Celestia, is she a person or is she a, a pony? I assume she's a pony. I don't know. Aren't they all ponies? I don't know. I don't think there are humans in that universe. I think it's just populated by ponies. There's something about My Little Pony that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Phoenixes also appear in Yu-Gi-Oh! Beyblade. Power Rangers. I actually used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's time to duel. <laughs> and we would yell it at each other. Cool. <laughs> Me and my best friend, and we were the only ones that would play with each other. Did you have the Phoenix card? It was apparently one of the most sought-after cards. Probably not, then, because okay. we weren't super hardcore about it, and I also don't remember any of the cards I had. Um, one of them might have been a Phoenix. It I'd- also shows up... There's a lot of Phoenixes all over, like, anime and manga. Mm-hmm. They kind of take from every culture, I think. Mm-hmm. Also have some of the coolest mythological type creatures. Nah, not mythological, but they also have, like, Japanese creatures are some of the coolest creatures. Oh, yeah. That, They've uh, got some cool-ass legends over there. Yeah, they do. I'm sure we'll talk a lot some about Some terrifying Japanese ones, things. too, though. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then Mothra, and then they fight. Yes. Did you see the new Godzilla movie? I didn't. It was really good. Wait, was that the... Which one was that? With, um, Hiddleston and... Was that a sequel to the one of the newer ones? No, it's the start of the thing that they're doing you know the thing that they're doing with all of the monsters now like king kong yeah they're Didn't doing they make like a series remakes with... of king kong the new one looked pretty good i think they probably oh wait no i'm sorry it was king kong that i was talking about it's okay i'm really lost right <laughs> they did now. also make that godzilla movie though which was fine i liked it yeah it was fun the one with the that elizabeth olsen in it i don't know who this uh yeah yeah where they were like it was like an american family living in japan and he was, like, in the army or something. Yeah, but then it went over to, like, San Francisco, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw uh-huh. that one. I love the Godzilla sound. Yeah! I really like the sound it makes. Oh, gosh, what is it? Isn't it, like, a cat purring? I think I read that somewhere. It's some sound designer's cat purring, but then he, like, pitched it down mm. a whole lot. But it's a cat purr. I love that. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So. I always think of Godzilla as being kind of nice. A lot of the Godzilla movies where he, like, turns nice and, yeah, like, defends and humanity yeah. against whatever the other monster I mean, is. he or she is just trying to, to mind yeah. their own business. But anyway, this, this podcast awesome. is about the Phoenix. This episode. We'll do a Godzilla episode at some point. Yeah, we absolutely need to now. Um, but anyway, um, so the next question, would you want to be friends with this creature, with, with a, a phoenix? phoenix? Ooh. I want to be friends with Fox. 
Yeah, Fox seems like a really nice and friendly one. Most of the mythological phoenixes seem like it would be kind of uh, presumptuous to be friends with them, though. Because they're, like, eternal and benevolent and, like, stay up in the sky all the time. <laughs> they're in the clouds. I they're the above you. I think might be out of our league. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, because then even then, though, one of the only known phoenixes in Harry Potter is Fox. Um, and he was Dumbledore, of all people's pets. That's true. Um, You'd have to be as cool as Dumbledore. And the other one that they mention in the books, too, that we actually didn't talk about, um, is Sparky. The, he is the, uh, the mascot for the New Zealand Quidditch team. Ah. Yes. So, apparently <laughs> okay, well, that's... Okay, stoop to being a mascot, maybe we could be friends with the Phoenix. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a great honor for his Quidditch team. It's pretty cool. It's a classy sport. It is... <laughs> I feel like it's a lot like rugby or, like, soccer, where fans get super crazy about it. (laughs) Right. Um, Final question is, Phoenixes, do you believe? Yeah. Totally. I think maybe it was, like, an old, like we said, like, a really, really old, brightly colored, fire-ish peacock bird. Yes, that did exist, and maybe was a little bit... uh, Slightly exaggerated, maybe. Yes, exaggerated, but also, if it did exist in the wild, was very reclusive, so that you would only see sightings, and so the only thing they could do was make stories about it. And it was super dope, and it may or may not have murdered some dragons. And they found some myrrh eggs on the, you know, the platform, the sun platform in Egypt, or whatever it was called. Yeah, and they were like, oh, hey, who dropped these off? Clearly, evidence. And again, the dragon carcasses. Uh Uh-huh. So, I'm gonna stick by that. Um, So, I, I I think that in some form, at least an ancient cryptid, one that could have existed at some time in history. Yes. Yes. We solved it! We figured it out! (laughs) Um, So that's that. If you have any, I guess, questions about anything that we said or corrections, go ahead and correct us. Questions, corrections, additional thoughts on phoenixes. And I know we asked a question about something back earlier in this podcast. I don't remember what it was. The name of that one, Pokemon. Answer some (laughs) questions for us. Yeah, talk to us. But be nice. Because we're very sensitive. Also, yeah, that'd be good. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our first episode. Whoa, Nessie! Whoa, Nessie! Yay! Um, We are part of the Not Staff for Work podcast network, um, which is the NSFW podcast network, but there's no E on the safe. Along with some other fantastic shows. Be sure to check them all out. They're all going to be great. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to be out when this episode is released, because we're all kind of being released at different times staggered but i do know that the wonder woman podcast the lasso um just released an episode about the recent wonder woman movie which i'm sure is great i can't listen to it yet because i haven't seen the movie i know i need to see the movie too yeah but i'm sure it's gonna be great i've heard some good things we should go watch it together why haven't we done we that should. yet let's do <laughs> and that and then we can listen to the episode <laughs> i love it let's do it um and then also i think there's some other ones on there that sound really good that i'm really excited about because i yeah. want to hear them all very so, different podcasts and i love that when we've got a good variety of types of yeah podcasts. there's all sorts of stuff and it's all going to be good i think so so check them out um go ahead and follow us on twitter if you would like updates um at whoa nessie or to talk to us and give your oh gosh my dog is attacking jade <laughs> oh with kisses. she's attacking her with, with love. kisses stop it <laughs> Um, but yes, we will have, uh, we have our Gmail up and running so we can also check our email. It's wonessiepod at gmail.com. Wo is spelled with W-H-O-A. Nessie. Nessie. N-E-S-S-I-E. <laughs> P. 
P-O-D. Yes. At uh, gmail.com. At gmail.com. So subscribe um, on whatever you listen to your podcasts on and wherever. Yeah, we're going to be everywhere. We're going to be on iTunes and Stitcher and, you know, everywhere else. And I think I probably will um, work on an Instagram account because that's kind of the only thing that I have personally that I know how to use. So I will, um, we could post things uh, like some of our our favorite pictures of these creatures that we've explained. We've got some really great drawings. Some photographic evidence of them. I should draw the creatures that we do. You Maybe I'll them. start doing that. that and we can fun. add that, and I will find... Listeners should draw them! <gasps> if listeners draw them, I will retweet them all day long. Yes, and if it's my favorite, I will tell you that it is my favorite, <laughs> and that is how I will, form from then on, agree, or only want to... You know what I'm saying. <laughs> if you draw... Are you having a, a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my words. We've been talking for so long. If you draw something that I love, that will be henceforth the only way that I imagine that creature to look. Oh, lovely. Can you edit out all that other stuff that I Yes. Said? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm not stroke. I'm not having a stroke. It's okay. You're being attacked with love by an animal over there. Um, okay, yeah. So subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever to get all of our new episodes. And if you've got a moment, please go and um, leave us a rating and a review because that's super, super important, especially for new podcasts so that people can find us. Yep. If you can't tell the difference between our voices, this is Jade. And this is Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next time on Whoa Nessie, we're going to talk about... Oh, gosh. What are we... Yeah. Godzilla. <laughs> Maybe we should. Do you want to talk about Godzilla? Let's do Godzilla. Okay, Godzilla next time. All right. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, hello. My, the little beast of my own is in the room. Hello, Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Oh, oh gosh. Don't fall, Kirby. See, I took her collar off so that she would be quiet, but now her little fingernails are on the floor. She's tap dancing. And she's loud. <laughs> Don't knock the microphone over. Okay. Bless you. Chill. All right. Everybody's always upset when they discover their superpowers in X-Men, and I would be so excited. There are some people that really like it, but then they okay. end up being the really cocky, like, <laughs> oh, no. evil people. Like I the would bad be evil. Guys. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the British accent developed after the have you read that too yes and so in shakespearean times they talked more like us yes that we have the original british accent and my source is 100 i think tumblr so (laughs) this is not necessarily true facts so we're going to sound fancy exactly that's what they were was that it that was actually really good (laughs) thanks anyway it, wow, that was a tangent. It was a tangent, but that's oh okay. Boy. We're talking about Shakespeare and stuff, so. <laughs>